Welcome in to DNVR Buffs After Dark. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we have Marissa Saez here with us. We uh, obviously were not at the game, as you can tell by like us being at home, uh, but we did watch the game, and uh, the Buffs beat Stanford, for those of you who haven't seen, which can't be many of you. Um, what, 70 to 53? They beat the hell out of them, and it was not looking like that was what was going to happen. So we've got plenty to talk about with all that stuff. But uh, how's it going, Marissa? It's going good. Um, I am in Alamosa right now, So, and you've given me a couple heart attacks here and there today, but <laughs> going good. I know. I've, uh, I've given myself a couple heart attacks, too. I, one of them was you. When I was That's like, so you still good for tonight? And then you were like, oh, no, I missed like the first 20 minutes, but that was at 620. And yes. the game obviously started at eight. And you said that and I was like, wait, did the game start at six? And so then I panicked. And uh <laughs> it was uh it was a nice one. Also, I got this massive bag of uh what the party size peanut MMs. I got that like three days ago and I can see the bottom of it right now. And well it's not good. I'm at my parents' house and they have candy and I don't have candy in my own house. And I've literally been just like shoving it in my mouth. So I'm guaranteed that like I'm going to have a sugar high for like the next month. I know. Yeah. It's, it's been a rough few days. So for Valentine's day, I forgot to get my girlfriend anything. And so oh. then the deal was, I was like, well, I, it wasn't that I forgot. It was that I was really busy and I was like, well, we can do something right now. Or I can like go to the grocery store, buy you a box of chocolates no. and then like come back and then we can do something like an hour. And she was like, well, okay, that makes sense. And so I wound up saying, like, I would go get the sale version of the chocolates the next day, and I could get two for the same price as the one. And so I got two of those boxes, and then she ate, like, three of them, left both boxes here, and I've just got, like, all this sitting here, too, because now she's out of town. So it's been a real healthy couple days. I'm sure it's only going to get better. But we need to talk about this basketball game. Yes. Uh, again, the Buffs won 70-53. to 53. It was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk about that that rough start in a second. But but why do you think they were able to pull away like they did in the last few minutes there? Honestly, I don't know. Like the entire game, just watching them, I was trying to figure out kind of what was going on in that moment. Um, whether it was their defense, the offense, were they not rebounding? Like I was trying to figure out. I was actually looking away from the ball to kind of see like what was going on in that moment. I was having a really hard time figuring out what it was. I think it was just like an incon like it was a whole thing altogether. But what really helped them kind of move forward was Evan Batty. Like I think he kind of just like sparked it for the team and then they just started clicking. And like we've talked about before, I feel like there's always got to be someone that gets the ball rolling for the team because if they don't, then they're just kind of at a standstill um, and they can't really get going. And, and it can be tough with this team in particular just because they have so many different players who can take that lead and i mean that's one way to look at it. the other way to look at it is like they don't have many solidified go-to players in those crucial moments and so it's like who who do you give the ball to obviously jabari's a good option evan has a bunch of experience but you could make cases for Keyshawn or neek or tristan on some nights or, or kj on some nights and so when you don't have like this clear hierarchy and things shift so much i think that that can cause some trouble too um, but I mean, obviously tonight, like you said, Evan really stepped up. Uh, he, he struggled in that first half. I, I've got these stats here. I think 
I think he only scored two points in that first half. Yeah, two points in the first half, one of five shooting. He's five of six in the second half with 13 points. Just a huge swing there. And and we saw him knock down all three of his three-point attempts. Love that. Uh, It's just so much fun when he takes those. I think the broadcast, they're saying, like, he needs to take five a game. I was like, ah. That that might be that might be a bit much. I think that's where you might see that efficiency dip a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean he knocked those down. There was that little turnaround late that was one of those buckets that that kind of sealed the deal, kind of right. put it out of reach. But definitely some some big plays from Evan down the stretch, um, and that's really exciting to to see. Um, who else do you throw out there? I I, I think that you you've got to bring up Jabari as well. Um, quieter night for him, but still somehow he, he winds up with 10 points on four shots. The, the three rebounds are kind of surprising, but I guess he was probably due for some regression after putting up 15 in back-to-back games. Um, right. But he was pretty efficient. He, he had the early fouls, um, avoided, avoided getting into serious foul trouble down the stretch. I mean, I think I think that you got some some solid contributions from him too, uh, and, and he was kind of a key part of all that. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And you know, again, like we talked about last time, he's really kind of grown into himself. I mean, I think there's still a lot of learning, but he's just being smarter all the way, you know, all the way around. And so he's working really hard at finding those right shots versus just throwing stuff up and really making mm-hmm. the right play. And so in games like this where it's, you know, really it was neck to neck all the way toward till the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of what kept them consistently moving forward, I think, or helped create that momentum, um, which if we talk about in the past where they like all are struggling, um, it's really hard to get over that hump and, and you have to have that star person kind of click it for them, for them to keep going. So Jabari was consistent tonight um, for sure. I think he was a consistent yeah. player. Um, wasn't anything really shiny, but just kept things going. Yeah. Uh, KJ too. KJ, mm-hmm. something's gotten into him these last couple games where he's just going downhill over and over and over again. And, and that's the kind of stuff I guess that you expect from him. And, you know, there's a plays where he's diving on the ground, fighting for balls, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, getting to the line eight times, Keyshawn getting to the line six times as well, you know, neither, when you just look at the the field goal percentage are all that impressive, but you're starting to see those guys figure out how to get to the line, because this is a couple games in a row that it's, that's happened. And that's one of the complaints that we had early in the season was that basically every time they went to the lane, it was resulting in just a shot and occasionally you go in more often than not, they'd screw something up or a lot of those got pretty ugly, but now for them to get some easy points, I think that that goes a long way. I mean, at halftime, I think Keyshawn, KJ, and Neek were the team's leading scorers. A bunch of guards out there who who were really leading the way. Um, it does feel like to me that everybody's kind of leveled up in these last couple of weeks. You know, KJ is becoming a little bit more consistent. Keyshawn's becoming a little bit more consistent. Um, Jabari, you know, tonight a bit of a down night, but but we see him put up the back-to-back 15 rebound double doubles. So I do think that I mean you, you have this three-game uh road stretch, just four-game winning streak, and I don't think that that's like a fluke. I think that they're playing some really good basketball 
and it, I'm, I'm excited to see where things go in these last few weeks here. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I think I will say like, I think our guards have done a really good job um, at least in this game, kind of stepping up and, and playing the actual role of point guards and shooting guards. Like you don't see this inconsistency. You had all of them step up tonight and create just, you know, a rhythmic game. And that's something that I like for sure um, enjoyed watching tonight versus other games that you and I've talked about just, you know, that constant, like one night Keyshawn's on the next is Simpson and you just don't really know who's that role player. And I think they all stepped up tonight. Definitely. And I, I also think that uh, every time they get off to one of those slow starts, it, you just have flashbacks and, and it kind of puts you in the mindset of like, okay, here these guys go again. And I think what they had like five turnovers before they scored their second basket. And you see that and you're like, oh no, it's going to be one of these stinkers. But again, they're, they're finding ways to pull themselves out of it. And you, you got to do something to, to change all that. Um, the, the, there's a lack of effort. I think there's obviously like a lack of attention to detail or understanding where you need to be. It just takes them some time to get into games. And it's not just the young guys either. I mean, that, that first possession of the game, uh, Stanford misses a shot and it's Evan fighting with somebody for, for a rebound down underneath the basket. And Evan has inside position, but just doesn't get the ball and it gets by him somehow. And they get two points. They wind up going on that six Oh run. And then all of a sudden it's 12 to three. And, and then you have to claw your way back. And if you think like, what if all that doesn't happen? What if, what if you don't have that nine point advantage that you give them? Well, instead of a 17 point win, this is a 26 point win. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but that's because you're playing Stanford. And if, if, if you're playing Arizona, like you're going to be playing Arizona a week from today, those sorts of things are going to matter if you, if you want to give yourself a chance. And I don't want to say like this, this winning streak isn't impressive. Because any winning streak is impressive, especially when you're going on the road for three of these games. But two of them were against Oregon State. There is this one uh, against Cal, uh, or sorry, against Stanford, and then this last one against Cal. And so it's not like you are beating the USC, UCLA, um, Arizona type of teams. And now is when you're going to get that chance, at least with one of those teams. You get Arizona next week, and, and you hope to have a, a six-game winning streak, right? Am I doing that math right? Yeah, that'd be a... They've won five in a row now. Yeah, that would be six. Yep. six yeah. And then it would be seven after that if you could go beat Arizona, which is probably a stretch, but I'm actually not sure what, what's happening right now. But I know Oregon was within one with just a few minutes left down in Arizona. So mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but it does feel like, to me, this team has turned a corner. But there's still just so many little things to clean up. And you still do see some of those signs of being such a young basketball team. Right. Well, and I mean, from our last conversation that we had, that they obviously did better than I expected them to do on the road. I think last time when we were trying to make a decision, I didn't think that, I mean, it was very drastic, but I said they weren't going to come off this, you know, this um, trip with a positive note and they have, mm -hmm. um, they've come out with, you know, three solid wins. And I think not necessarily difficulty wise, we're going to go in with, you know, the ability to go into these next games, um, and just kill it. But I think it creates that confidence for them to start this next leg um, of the season. So I, I think that it's a great way for them to move forward. Um, and it, and it kind of gives us an idea of what they're capable of, um, which makes it fun for, for Arizona. It does. It does make it fun. 
and uh, we've got plenty more to talk about, of course. Um, I, I I did a bunch of stuff with a bunch of numbers with uh, like the net rankings and the last four in and the first four out and all that stuff right now. And just to kind of see whether the buffs have a path to the tournament outside of winning the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, I want to run through some of that stuff. Um, what your expectations are the rest of the way. Um, got to give out some uh, awards for the game to, to these guys too. Uh, but real quick though, I want to remind everybody about Wana. So what Wana is, is a, uh, a, a CBD and THC supplement that will help you get some sleep. So whether you just normally struggle with sleep, maybe you need extra sleep because you got something coming up, whatever, Wana is a great option. Uh, the over-the-counter pharmaceuticals can knock you out. They have powerful drugs. They leave you in a fog. Um, what these Wana Optimals Fast Asleep Gummies offer is a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root cause of sleeplessness, um, whether it's strain or stress, whether it's pain. Um, and it doesn't just induce drowsiness. It actually helps you get to sleep. Typically, you start to feel the effects. Uh, it takes about 5 to 15 minutes. Uh, it, it really works well, and you can check that out and plenty of other products at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, with 10 and soon-to-be 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone, whether you're a casual consumer, whether you're a connoisseur. Uh, they, they have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. It's a great deal. Make sure you take advantage of that and uh, shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Also, want to give a, a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. I made like a 12-leg a, a parlay today that it turned out being a pretty rough one. Um, I didn't make any money, but the good news is I have this new strategy for Buffs basketball games where I just wait for them to be losing and then bet on them to win the game. And then you basically get like two to one odds and you make up all the money that you lost on all the other bets. <laughs> so that's been working for me. And uh, if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, there's an awesome offer going on right now. The way it works is you bet $1 on any NBA team to win any game and you will get $150 in free bets if the team that you choose wins. It's that simple. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA and uh, they, they have all sorts of stuff for current users as well, whether it's the same game parlays, whether it's the different boosts. The reason I made that, that parlay today was because they had this cool boost where for every leg of the parlay, you get basically another 5% boosted. So if you did the full 12-leg parlay, you wind up with a 50% a profit boost. And I was like, well, why not take a bunch of favorites and see if I can make some money while I'm just sitting here all day? Uh, DraftKings is awesome. You should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NBA team, and you can get $150 in free bets if they win. It's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, uh, let's jump in with some of this. So, so this is all the research that I did today, um, and so, so the way that, that all this works, obviously, there's 68 teams that make the NCAA tournament. 32 of those teams are the the winners of their conference. Uh, some conferences will do it based on the tournament, some based on regular season, but 
the 32 conferences get auto bids. The other 36 are up to the committee. The committee compares a bunch of things, uh, your good wins, your bad losses, and all that. But one of the stats that they really, really, really care about is the net rankings, which is basically like RPI was the same thing. BPI was the same thing. There's so many of these that just try to quantify how good teams are based on the results against other teams and they all get compared and intermingled. And then all of a sudden you have a ranking at the end. So I ran through a bunch of those today, which will obviously be updated tomorrow. And I also ran through Joe Lenardi from ESPN's bracketology, uh, which has uh, his prediction for the bracket, but also things like the last four in. And then he goes through the, the eight teams closest to the tournament that are currently out. So coming into today, Colorado was, 85th in the net rankings which isn't great obviously because only 68 teams get in um but when you look through the uh the the last four teams in in uh joe lenardi's bracketology memphis is at 40 north carolina's at 45 michigan's at 31 creighton's at 66 and so you start to see like okay creighton at 66 that's 19 spots in front that could be manageable by the end of the season um Just for context, like the, the the first team, eight teams that are not in the tournament, you got BYU at 51, Oregon at 72, SMU at 49, SDSU at 42, Kansas State at 62, Florida at 53, Belmont at 50, Virginia Tech at 37. So basically, if you can get down to like 55 yep. in the conversation, if you can get yep. down to like 45, then that's where you start to say like, okay, we're going to be upset if we don't get in. Right. Um, like I said, Colorado sitting at eight and five. This win will help. A road win against a solid team, uh, especially a win by 17 points. That's a great start. I'm curious how much you have to do the rest of the way to, to try to get in without winning the Pac-12 tournament. Um, so for also for context, I mean, I think they jumped like five spots, six spots after that uh, – that last uh, mm-hmm. win against Cal. So again, like we look at this one, if they go from 85 to, to 80 to maybe 79, 78, you have the Arizona state game at home. Maybe that gets you down to 75. And that's where that Arizona game is just so big. When we're talking about trying to get into like that top 60, that top 50, that's where if, if you can get that win over Arizona, because not only does that help you in the net rankings, you finally have a good win on your resume, which is not right. something that the Buffs have right now. Um, so I guess like the big question I have for you, Marissa, is just like how how confident are you going into this stretch? Like what what do you think the odds are that they can go beat Arizona State and give Arizona a run? I I, I think anything is possible. I think that if they really mm-hmm. want to put their minds to it, they have the talent, um, they have the ability. We've seen them, you know, perform at levels that we didn't expect. Um, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard road for them because they, there's a very small window for mistakes. So mm-hmm. anything that happens is going to count towards this, um, the end of the year tournament, like that, everything's going to matter. So, you know, they got to be more, you know, pay more attention about how they're passing the ball. They have to have leaders step up. They have to do those ball screens, which I've told you over and over again, like everything's got to click. They're so, going under screen so much tonight. It's just unbelievable. Right. It like it makes me nervous. Anytime that I see like a screen coming, I'm like, oh God, like 
do something like, you know, you got this. Um, but I do think that, you know, to answer your question, I have confidence in this team. I know what they're capable of. I just want them to realize how capable they are of doing this mm -hmm. and, and, and put it together. They have all the pieces. It's just finding a way to put it together as a team. And that also fo falls on the coaching staff. You know, this is a big time for the coaches to really, you know, show that support for the team, give them the reminders throughout practice um, as they follow on to this next game, that they have what it takes to be the, be the team that beats Arizona. I, I, I yeah. do think it's cool. Yeah. And I mean, we had silver buff bringing up that senior nights coming fast. That is kind of like the X factor. I feel like that night too, you know, talking about the situation and just how important that game is, Evan Batty getting a signature win on senior night that, that yeah. potentially sends you to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like something that would happen. Like, like that right. doesn't sound that crazy, even though you are talking about potentially like one of the three best basketball teams in the country right now. Um, who knows? And, and it's just nice that they've set themselves up in this position where they have at least a chance to, to, mm -hmm. to make a statement here in the final weeks. And this is what we were talking about before the season, too. We, right. we knew their best basketball was going to come at the end of the year. I think I said over and over again, like, maybe if they make the tournament, there's a good chance they do something like win 8 of 10 games going down the stretch, and that's what gives them the bump to get in. And even though you know that that's probably the most likely path for them to get into the tournament, still when they're losing games, when they lose like five of six or whatever that was, when they're playing right. those close games against the, the not, not anything special non-conference teams that they played. It's a, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to imagine that they could be there, but now that they've ripped off this, this five game winning streak, why not? Like, like why can't they, they beat these teams? And again, it's going to be a little bit different playing, uh, playing the teams that they played uh we're playing the teams that they're about to play compared to who they've been going up against but right. at least they're doing it at home who knows like they have a good chance well and it, there's also the idea you can go in looking at it like they have nothing to lose at this point mm -hmm. just give it all you have like yep. a lot of teams towards the end of the season will start relaxing especially the teams that feel like they have a solid in everything's good you know they relax just a little bit um, and that's where these teams that are kind of the underdogs have the ability to just give it all they have, go in and dominate and like have those upsets that you don't expect. Um, and so that is a great way to go in with that mindset and kind of just see if you could sneak under Arizona and kind of pull out that win. Totally. And I mean, we, we saw the buffs go on the road and beat Oregon and Oregon's a weird team this year. They they've done some great things like go down to LA and beat USC and UCLA in the same weekend. You know, tonight they wound up losing by three at Arizona. But, I mean, if you can go on the road and beat a team and that team goes and loses by three on the road to what what's number three Arizona right now, why can't you do it, especially when you're in your home gym? And, you know, it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility. Again, they're, they're, it's a top three team, and so that's always going to be kind of a scary thing to see. But the buffs consistently beat ranked teams and they haven't this season. And that's the, the major flaw in this resume. And if you pull off the win against USC or UCLA, or, I mean, if you beat both and we're sitting here saying like, okay, they're in good shape. They, they should be able to, you know, beat Arizona state, beat Utah, get a game in the Pac-12 tournament. And they're right there. They blew those opportunities and now they need to make up for it here. And again, you, you got to beat Arizona state first. Otherwise, otherwise it'll feel like the, uh, 
uh, oh, who did they play after that Oregon game? Was it Oregon? Then they went and lost to Washington State in Washington. Yep, I think I it was a Washington State it. game. Yeah, and so yeah. you have that letdown after the big win. So you do need to string them together. I guess the other tough piece here is that you know you have all these wins, but if we're talking getting in without winning the Pac-12 tournament, you you know that there's a loss at the end. You know, if if you climb your way all the way up to 45 in the net ranking somehow, which would be tough to do, of course you're going to lose in the semifinal. You lose in the quarterfinal, wherever you lose. And then you take right. those like final few steps back and that could knock you out. So again, I, the most likely path to the tournament is definitely winning the Pac-12 tournament. <laughs> but there's there's potential for another path again, which hasn't felt like it's been the case in I mean, a month, probably, maybe more. Yeah, I agree. But again, like when you were talking, you know, UCLA surprised us when they played them that was a surprise they kind of came up you found this new team that we haven't been seeing all year if they can pull that type of strength and consistently finish the season that way I mean there is a chance I I don't want to say like they need to they got to win the pack turn you know the or the pack 12 mm -hmm. tournament like that that's our goal our goal I feel like right now is those baby steps but if they could just get over that hump and play the way they played against UCLA where they almost beat them I mean, we'll have a solid game, you know, and and a solid rest of the season. Totally, totally. Um, before before we get out of here, let's circle back to tonight. Um, maybe let's let's do this draft style. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna do what we did last time you were on and just uh, pick pick uh, the best players, and you can have the first pick again. Who who's your player of the game tonight? Well, I'm gonna go with Batty tonight. I mean, he's just he played phenomenally last or tonight. He one of the great things I heard on the broadcast is the fact that he is a big and he's out confidently on that three point mm -hmm. line and he's hitting them better than some of our guards, you know, tonight, like he just, he, like, I don't know, he exploded with confidence tonight. And that, that's something that I just enjoy watching him play and, and kind of seeing how he grates the team and helps them move forward. So I, he's number one for sure. Yeah. I think that that's the right pick. Um, I was thinking about getting creative here, but I'm second leading scorer. Maybe it's kind of lazy, but Neat Clifford, I mean, he he just provided such a spark in a couple of different times. I think maybe the most important one was that was shortly after KJ and Luke O'Brien came into the game and they started to turn around everything that was going on in those first five minutes or six minutes or however much time that was. And Neek, five of 10 from the field, 14 points, uh, three of four free throws, uh, seven rebounds, assists. Um, he, had, he had the two turnovers. I can't remember the second one. I know the first one was really early in the game. It was one of those that gave uh, Stanford a pretty easy bucket. Um, but rebounds, because that, that whole yeah. team was struggling early on. Yeah, I agree. Block a steal, just stuffs the stat sheet. I I feel pretty good about uh, him being number two tonight. Yeah, I actually have enjoyed watching him play the last couple games. Like he's just kind of all over the place, um, yep. and he's just he's just got a lot of heart. So I agree with you. Um, who you got for three? So obviously the next in line would be you know either KJ Keyshawn or um, Jabari, but I'm gonna go with Jabari, and the only reason why is because. He had great games, you know, pre, you know, the, the night or a couple games before. And 
he's just been so consistent. And I just like the fact that, you know, even if he doesn't, he's not the star player in that moment, he's still trying to find ways to create the momentum for the team to, to really get that win. And you can see it when he plays, he wants to win. Like he just wants it. And so that's one of my favorite things um, about watching him. So I'm going to have to go with him next. And he just has so much weight. Like everything he does, it just feels like, the other team is always looking at him or paying attention to him. And it just opens up so much for so much, so many other people. I don't know. I, I, I think that that's a good pick there. Um, I'm trying to say if I'm going to get weird here. Yeah. Why not? It's 1030. That seems like a good time. We're going to, we're going to pass a couple guys over and just jump straight to Luke O'Brien. I'm going to make him number four, only two points, but again, he, he came in there and was part of that big spark and a little quiet last game, but he had the career high 14 before that. I think he's playing really good basketball right now. But on top of having the 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 two points on one of two shooting, there's the five rebounds, especially in a game like this where the Buffs really struggled to rebound the basketball. I think the big reason that they fell behind early was just because they're being out-rebounded. I think it was something like 17 to 12 in the first half. Um, and right. when you're losing by three at halftime, that – margin is very significant he's also dishing out assists he's got four of those um he has a steal in there he's playing really well and it's it's probably not rational to 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 make him our number four here but i feel like luke o'brien deserves some props given maybe maybe not so much his last game but but we'll, we'll call it throughout the winning streak <laughs> no i mean i agree with you he did he did a good job um I don't know. I, I really am proud of Keyshawn and KJ as a team. Like if I could just like mold them, am I allowed? Am I allowed to mold yeah, them? Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to cap it off. We'll we'll put them together. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I think they did a great job tonight. Um, you know, that's one thing I feel like the buffs have been lacking is just the fact of having a dominant point guard come into the game and really run the show, um, be that playmaker. And they both were just everywhere tonight. And, and they were looking to drive in to get those fouls um, and go to the line. And that was something that was really important in tonight's game. That was something that really helped kind of create that, that lead, I feel like, for them. I, I think free throws are so important. And I think sometimes they go unnoticed. Um, and and they, they delivered. So I, I definitely agree that those two go hand in hand tonight. And they created one dominant point guard if you want to say i like it yeah and i mean especially in such a physical game like when uh, there there's another world where those two weren't so aggressive and weren't so willing to just like lay out going to the rim and take the beating and go to the free throw line but that's what you need from your guards in a game like this you know you need your big guys fighting down low but you also need the little guys being kind of reckless getting down there right. uh, i think that they did a great job of doing that um we can and probably was, stop there you know yeah, tristan not not the best night for tristan by any means but i'm curious like what your stats. thought was on the technical <laughs> i did like the stats i i don't know i'm one of those players that like you can i i get so frustrated with people who get upset at athletes who just kind of show their emotion on the court or mm -hmm. i mean even the broadcasters i texted you you know during the game like yep it was so intense. Like they were so against, you know, I'm not saying that you should condone, you know, bad sportsmanship, but when you dunk like that and you're walking off, I mean, I, 
what else are you going to do? You're, you got to let it out somehow. And it was a frustrating game, you know, at the start. And, and so that, I don't know if it should have been a technical. I also just feel like the refs were, were interesting tonight. Um, and so I, I think they already had kind of a hot iron towards the buffs and, you know, it was kind of just a bad timing moment, but I don't know. I, I was all about it. I jumped up from my seat. So it was something <laughs> I definitely enjoyed watching. Yeah. I mean, my thing is like, and I'm, I'm sure Tad Boyle feels very differently about this, but like it's <laughs> basketball. Like this is a right. game what the buff scored 70 points. So what you gave up one free throw with like 15 minutes left. Like if you want to go flex on somebody or like hang on the rim or whatever, I right. personally, and I know this is not what any coach would say. It's like, yeah, give them, give them a technical free throw and, and have your fun and make your statement. But again, like, was it dumb? Was it whatever? Sure. I mean, technically, I guess you gave up free points. I'm cool with it. Like, go, go, go do your thing. Um, also, the the one final topic before we get out of here, Will Laughlin, uh, the walk-on, as a senior, because of uh, Mason Faulkner deciding to transfer, the Buffs have the open scholarship. They're like, ah, hey, Will, you've been doing great. Uh, how about how about you get invited on this Panama trip because there's room for one more guy to come with and we can take one of you walk on. So you're a senior, come do that. Come take your scholarship. And now because of injuries, he gets to actually play in games. Um, I think what I will remember probably the most from tonight's performance, how much did he play? Is that four minutes? Uh, four minutes. Allowed four minutes. Allowed four minutes from Will Laughlin. Um the banked in free throw. I love a good banked in free throw. Yep. I saw a key making fun of him for that. Um, <laughs> and then, and then he misses the second free throw, but sneaky, great play because the buffs grab the offensive rebound, get the extra possession out of it. Uh, maybe we screwed up. I feel like maybe Will Laughlin should have been player of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, right. you said we were going to get crazy tonight, so we'll just, we'll move him up. Why Take not? Take back everything we said, and we're going to go with him. <laughs> Should have just been talking about Will Laughlin all night. Did he record any other stats? No. All zeros across the board except for his three points. One of one field goals, one of two from the line. Spectacular performance from Will Laughlin. Hopefully we'll see more of him next week when the Buffs host Arizona State and then Arizona on senior night. Some big games coming up. And the Buffs are not in a good position right now, but they do have a lot of momentum and they do have the potential to make some noise still down the stretch. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Only three games left in the season. The Buffs are on a five-game winning streak. Can't ask for much better for that. And uh, you're coming to Vegas, right? I am. You so, got me <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, the season will not end for us in a couple of weeks. We've got a whole crew from DMVR going out to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. Some cool stuff on the way. Uh, so make sure you're tuning in with us, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Bye.